0: This is What The Flux, I'm Brett. And I'm Justin, and it's Wednesday the 28th of September. Justin, another day, another update in the Optus hacking saga. (laughs) The supposed hacker threatened to release the details of 10,000 Optus customers each day until a ransom was paid, Mm -hmm. but then, hours later, they apologised to Optus, and apologised to customers, and they claim they've deleted all the data. When is the feature film coming out, (laughs) B-Man? Listen to this one. There are now 1,120 suburbs across Australia where the median house price is sitting above $1 million. Wow. According to CoreLogic. Three attainable stories today, Justin. Let's do it. For our first, Sigma Healthcare, Australia's biggest pharmaceutical wholesaler, is saying goodbye to Guardian Pharmacies after a pretty disappointing year. Uh, There's always got to be some collateral in a disappointing year, B-Man. So what is the story? Okay, so Sigma Healthcare is a wholesaler in the pharmaceutical market. That means they sell both prescription drugs and over-the-counter medicines to pharmacies and hospitals. But Juzzy Boy, Sigma also has, a whole group of its own pharmacies. Mm-hmm. That'd be Guardian Pharmacy, that'd be Amcal, and that'd be discount drug stores. Now, B-Man, over the last 12 months, Sigma has seen its revenue jump at 6%. That, I must say, sounds pretty good. Yeah, but it was largely <laughs> thanks to everybody and anybody and their dog trying to buy <laughs> COVID rat tests. Uh-huh, and it actually made a loss of $1.5 million. But now, its new CEO has announced that it will invest more in the retail business and less in the wholesale one. And that involves waving goodbye to Guardian pharmacies. And and hello, hello to more beauty products. Ooh, so what is the key learning here? The business model of pharmacies has been flipped on its head over the last 10 years. Here's the thing. Traditional pharmacies generate 80% of their revenue from prescriptions. Like cholesterol tablets mm. or Valium tablets, but these products have very low margins. On the other hand, traditional pharmacies only generate 20% of their revenue from over-the-counter products. Like vitamins or perfumes or makeup or even jelly beans. <laughs> and these products have much higher margins man, Chemist Warehouse flipped this model on its head. They supposedly generate a majority of their revenue from over-the-counter goods. So clearly, the Sigma CEO recognises that in order to bring back a profit and compete with the big fish, mm-hmm. it needs to invest more heavily in the high-margin products like beauty. For our second story, Netflix is tweaking its payment terms for some of its TV specials as part of a plan to trim costs and reduce its upfront risk. Kind of feels like Netflix is doing everything and anything to get some Mm -hmm. momentum, Justin. What's happening here? Okay, so we know Netflix. They're really on the back foot at the moment. (laughs) Had a wild run when it had over 220 million subscribers. That was off the back of hits like Squid Game, Mm -hmm. Crown, Bridgerton. But Brett, by July this year, it had already lost 1.2 million subscribers. Subscribers for the year. Ouch, that really, really <laughs> hurts. And Netflix realised it's got to start making some big changes in its life. Uh-huh, it's got the new ad-supported model. And it's also changing how it compensates some of its specials. You tell me more about this one. Okay, well, think about the stand-up gigs from Hannah Gadsby or Chris Rock. Previously, Netflix would buy the specials outright. That'd be anywhere from $200,000 to tens of millions of dollars. But now, Netflix is going to licence the specials for only a period of time, like, Ooh. let's say, two years. And this shifts some of the financial burden to the artists and their producers as well. So what is the key learning here? For any company to improve its financial results it needs to either increase its revenues Mm -hmm. or decrease its costs. All in the name of good old fashioned profits. Now Netflix has seen its revenues hit a bit of a standstill with subscriber numbers declining. So now Netflix is looking at new ways to reduce its costs by licensing the content for a set period of time. Netflix reduces its upfront costs. And gives Netflix the flexibility to renew if these shows are performing well. Mm. For our third and final story, the British pound has fallen off a cliff and it's facing the biggest currency crisis in over 40 years. Holy smoker, Justin. It's been a rough couple of weeks for the UK. Mm-hmm. First the Queen and now this. What is the story? <laughs> okay, so the United Kingdom's currency is called the British pound and it's always been a pretty powerful currency. Yep, in fact, in 2001, the British pound was buying nearly three Australian dollars. It was expensive to get over there. And B-Man, it's also been a very, strong currency against the U.S. dollar. But, 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 Jazzy Boy, over the past week, the pound has tumbled to its lowest level against the U.S. dollar since 1971. We're talking pound, U.S. dollar, almost at parity. Alright, Brainiac, what <laughs> is the reason for this one? Well, the new U.K. government has announced significant tax cuts for U.K. citizens. And investors are concerned that the government will pay for these tax cuts with a huge amount of extra borrowing. So naturally, these investors are trying to sell their pounds fast. And Justin, chuck in, in Inflation, which is nearly 10% in the UK, and it's left the UK in a bit of a currency crisis. So what is the key learning here? A currency crisis occurs when a currency like the pound sees a steep decline against rival currencies. The cost of importing goods from overseas, that goes up. And these costs will often be passed on to consumers. So as an example, the UK imports more than 50% of its food. So expect the cost of zucchinis, <laughs> bananas, pears, all to go up. But Justin, for exporters, this may actually present a bit of an opportunity. That's true. A weak currency may make the UK's exports more competitive in a global market. Fluxam, in the pod, we spoke about profit and loss. We spoke around business models, all the important things you need to know when you're working in a business. So if you're interested in building your business brain, there's only one place to go. It's called Flux at Work. If you or your team want to upskill around building your business brain, head to flux.finance slash work. And we will be in touch. Won't we, Jussie Boy? We will. Thanks for listening